freedom ring Let freedom ring Let freedom ring Let freedom ring This is Under the Tree, a seminar on freedom with Bill Ayers. We are a few days away from Election Day across the country, and many of us here in Chicago are looking at our mail-in or early ballots and overwhelmed with the incredible number of offices, ballot measures, and judges about whom we are expected to make decisions. So, who are all these people on the ballot, and what does it even matter who we vote for anymore? Let's talk about it. Alrighty. So we're recording now a quick addendum to this week's episode, and we're being joined uh, with Maya Dukmasova, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Charles Preston from Injustice Watch, um, and we're going to be talking uh, elections, uh, specifically uh, judicial elections in uh, Illinois. Um and they're with us from Injustice Watch, and they're going to give us a little background, uh, a little bit of background on the organization as a whole uh, to begin with. Uh, and then we're going to do a quick de- deep dive into uh, the upcoming elections and uh, their judicial guide, which is something that uh, a lot of Chicagoans rely on in order to try and wade through the whole ballot here in Illinois. So um, I'll let you guys get started and tell us about the organization and what your work is. I'm Charles Preston. I'm audience engagement manager for Injustice Watch. I've been working at this organization for three years. Um, we've been doing this judicial guide, I want to say, since 2016. Uh, and yeah, our organization is a nonpartisan, nonprofit journalism organization that is responsible for in-depth like research into um, exposing institutional failures uh, in different systems. We have a housing beat, a judge's beat, uh, immigration beat. Um, and we really conduct deep dives and investigations um, to, yeah, expose uh, institutional failures and uh, really try to hold systems accountable with great reporting. And there's also a civic element to our work uh, besides our newsroom and the journalism that we produce. We also, uh, every election cycle, we make this uh, judicial election voter guide that we provide for free. And it's for all of the judges on the ballot in Cook County. Uh, We do a guide for the primary elections, and then we do one for the November elections as well. And the guide is the only independently researched uh, nonpartisan, non-endorsing, comprehensive guide to these judicial candidates that that is available for voters in Cook County. Um, we collect all the information that you might get in, you know, the bar association ratings and uh, in, you know, doing some Google searches where you look at if somebody's had some stories written about them. We we do all of that stuff. We do much more than that as well. And we do a lot of original reporting, and then we put it all together for voters to use when they hit that lengthy part of the ballot with all the judges. Why is it important? Well, it's important because these are the elected officials that all of us are most likely to actually encounter in our lives and who make decisions that have the most concrete impacts on our lives. I mean, you might 
meet the president or the mayor or have some interaction with your alderman about your your trash cans. But the these judges are making decisions about people's lives that come down to, you know, how their housing, their marriages, their custody of their children, um, you know, whether or not they're guilty or, or innocent of crimes. Um, it's also small stuff like traffic tickets. It's you know, how is your will going to be divvied up after your loved one dies? So it's, it's, uh, these are elected officials who are the lowest profile people in our, in our local government, but make the most high impact decisions. And in addition to that, we, we have, uh, people incarcerated whose lives have been affected by and, and impacted by judges. We're talking about people serving, um, short and long term sentences, uh, in Illinois. Um, we have incarcerated voters and I think it's very, um, important that they're informed on the people who do the incarcerating <laughs> um and yeah they really do touch every part of our civic lives and we just think that it's important that people know um about judges about any elected official that we're responsible for like holding accountable or um electing you say incarcerated voters say another word about that illinois allows folks to vote from inside um, in regards to the Cook County Jail, the Cook County Jail is um, a polling station in and of itself. Uh, and so we have voters who are currently like incarcerated. And part of our distribution efforts is out doing outreach to the Cook County Jail for them to get the information to make um, informed decisions about their judges. And you can't vote if you are incarcerated at uh, in the Illinois Department of Corrections if you're serving prison time uh, currently. But once you are actually outside the prison walls, even if you're still on parole, uh, no matter what kind of conviction you have, you, it can be the most serious type of felony. Once you're outside the prison, you can vote again. So even if you're still on parole for your sentence. Um, so that's it's a really good question. And um, I think a lot of people mistakenly assume that if you've uh, got a felony conviction in your background that you can't vote, but that's not true. As soon as you're out of prison, you can get back to participating in civic life in this way. That's something we might work on also, because I like the idea, Charles, that Cook County Jail is the polling station. Let's get not only felony enfranchisement, but let's allow folks in jail. They're not civ civic civically dead. They should be allowed to vote too. Take take ballots right in there. But that's another topic. Well, I mean, in the primary, they have some of the highest voter participation of anywhere in the county. Like the some best turnout numbers that we saw. Well, I think it's important also to to you know mention that, like you said, Maya, they do have some of the the highest voting turnouts. But then these are people who are also not guilty of crimes. They you know they are waiting trial. Uh, in many cases, people who are innocent who are waiting to to have their cases heard. And, and they, they're all innocent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they they deserve to have their their votes counted. Um, Absolutely. All right. So uh, let's let's get into the nitty gritty of the the actual ju judicial guide and how you guys go about getting all the information. Because I think uh, that's that's something that um, you know I Bill it, uh, has mentioned that you know he had help with uh, with getting his a ballot figured out. Uh, in terms of choosing uh, judges in the past, it's been one of those things where it's like, 
Um, one of the reasons we decided to talk to you guys was because I was actually driving last week with um, with Dorothy Burge, and she mentioned that she was trying to figure out her ballot uh, as far as judges and um, going to the different you know bar associations and looking at those and trying to figure it all out. And and I mentioned to her, well, you know, Injustice Watch co- compiles all that information. And even adds additional data so that it makes it all a lot easier. And she was not aware of your organization. And so um, for the people who are not aware, what do you guys do? How do you do it? And why is it the best guide out there, which I certainly think it is? So the guide is available online. It's free. Um, If you're going to access it online, you can do it on your computer and you can do it on your phone. It's injusticewatch.org slash judges. Or even if you just go to injusticewatch.org, all one word, uh, you'll see a link to it right on our landing page of our website. Uh, the guide is also available as a print product uh, at uh, throughout the Cook County area. Uh, we have them at um, various public library branches, at various courthouse locations, in the public defender's offices. We have them um, being distributed through many, many community organizations and partnerships, which Charles can speak more about. Um, we also have uh, partnerships with uh, other print publications, so like the Chicago Reader and Southside Weekly. If you pick it up this week, you'll see a copy of the guide in, in the print issues of those papers. Uh, and, but once you're in, once you're like on the guide, whether you're flipping through it on paper or you're scrolling through it online or on your phone, uh, it's a very user-friendly, um, tool. So all of the candidates that you'll see starting from the top of the guide, they're in the same order as they'll appear on your ballot. So in the November, on the November ballot, there's kind of two sets of judicial, uh, voting things going on. There's, uh, 60 judges up for retention. That means that we are being asked, we the voters are being asked to vote yes or no to keeping the judge on the bench for another term. Unlike every other political candidate, incumbents, incumbent judges don't get challenged uh, when they're when, when at the end of their term. Instead, uh, they're up for retention. And if they lose the retention vote, then their seat becomes vacant and then people run in contested races for that vacancy. But uh, we, the voters in the, on the November ballot, are being asked, like, do we do we want to keep this person on for another term? So we've got in Cook County, we have one Supreme Court justice, six appellate court judges. Uh, those people serve ten year terms, so we're voting yes or no to keeping them on the bench for another ten years. And then we've got the rest of the ballot is going to be your Cook County Circuit Court judges who serve six year terms. So for every single one of them, we have little. Uh, there's like a little button you can click that says info that has their full profile, which is all of the research that we've compiled on the person. So you can find out where the judge is assigned, how long they've been a judge, what kind of work they did before they became a judge, what their bar association ratings are, whether they've been embroiled in any controversy, whether they've been reversed a bunch of times by the appellate court. Um, and also if they responded to the survey that we sent out, we'll have the full answers to what they to how they answered our survey questions, which were specifically tailored to be the kind of questions that judges are in a position to answer. Um, unlike a lot of other political candidates, judges can't, you can't just, you can't ask a judicial candidate, either a new person running for office or a retention judge, 
you're if you ask them like you know like what's your position on abortion or or whatever some kind of political issue question for the most part you're not going to get an answer because they're not supposed to opine on anything that might ever come up before them in any case um but we tailor these questions to be about you know how are you addressing historical inequities that play out in our court system how are you how do you grapple with the power you wield over people's lives as a judge um, these kinds of questions, it's very interesting to read through some of these answers because some of these folks you can tell have really engaged with the question and gave it a fair bit of thought and answered in, a, in, a, in an interesting, thought, you know, thoughtful way. And others are kind of, you know, just pretending they don't understand the question or saying, oh, you know, this isn't about power. I'm just doing a community service. So um, that can be a, a good barometer, uh, depending on your values and interests, it can be a good barometer for um, for how, how you want to vote on a judge. We don't tell you who to vote for, but all the information you need to make an educated choice is there. Great. I, I see on the news, on TV, on the radio, a lot of really ugly stuff about the judges running for Supreme Court. What do you make of that? Um, you know, here we have a, a kind of a... a shit show fight going on between people running for Supreme Court. How do you guys look at that? Well, so even though voters all around Chicago, into the Chicagoland area, everybody's getting bombarded by these ads now, Cook County voters are actually not going to see those two hotly contested Supreme Court races on their ballots. Um, those Supreme Court districts where you have those two hotly contested elections are in the collar counties. So it's interesting because in Illinois, we've got this system where judges, when they first run for an open seat on any level of the court. So these two Supreme Court seats are open. That's why you've got contested races between um, Democrats and Republicans. It, when people first run for judge, they run with a party affiliation. These these are partisan elections and there's all of the partisan rhetoric that usually accompanies, uh, you know, accompanies political races of every sort. But once they're elected, you know, when they go out for retention, their political party affiliation is no longer part of the conversation. They don't, you know, they're not on the retention ballot as Democrats or Republicans or what have you. So it's been kind of interesting to observe these two Supreme Court races, and we've gotten a lot of questions about them, and we've got some, um, we, we'll be having some some coverage of these races as well coming up, but uh, it's not, uh, it's it's not part of, they're not part of our guide, because this is not going to be uh, a vote that Cook County voters can make. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, Charles. A lot of people look at these ads, and they're discouraged from voting. And a lot of people will say to you, you know, even fairly sophisticated people will say, not only do I understand that, I don't think it'll make a difference. How do you answer those people? Yeah, just by uh, reiterating what Maya said about judges being important in everyday life, right? So you're not just talking about something that is far-reaching and abstract. We are literally talking about like child custody. We are really literally talking about domestic violence issues. We are literally talking about sentences being handed down to people um and so much of the things transpiring in courtrooms and the fact that um voters have a voice in deciding who can sit and bang the gavel um is an important choice to make so i wouldn't i think that argument is probably more effective with like um 
other elected officials that we don't share that as close as uh, uh, of a proximity to. But in regards to judges, judges affect everyday life. So um, it's important. And even looking at these ads, uh, I'll tell them about the ads. You know, these ads are like they're ads, like there's someone paying for them, someone who has a, a agenda, a interest that they're trying to like put out. But it is important for you to be able to discern um, what is good and bad information and also pay attention to your judges. So. Yeah, I was talking to a group of high school kids, uh, and several of them were going to vote for the first time. And several of them said, I don't think I will vote. And yeah. I said, why not? And they said, I don't see the difference between the candidates. I mean, it's like the lesser of two evils. And my response to that always is, the lesser of two evils is lesser. So you don't vote for somebody because they're perfect and they're going to solve your problems. You vote for somebody who's closest to aligned to your the issues you care about in your life. And I think but- that's even in addition to that, right? Like there is this um, prevailing like narrative about like elections being so binary, right? Yeah. When that's because we don't consider judges in that equation at all. <laughs> and so like when we talk about, you know, um, two candidates and whether we're going to like keep them not, like that's not how we should look at judicial elections at all. And it shows that even how media has been talking about elections historically does not consider the uh local judicial elections. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I'll also add that when it comes to the uh, judges up for retention, that not participating, so leaving those names blank, mm-hmm. um, not voting yes or no on judges, has a different impact on the overall outcome of those elections than for any other elected office. So normally, you know, if you've got an uncontested race for some position, I don't know, let's say Cook County treasurer or something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure actually there's nobody on the ballot besides Maria Pappas <laughs> uh, this year in Cook County. Um, you know, you can, if you skip that, she's still going to get reelected. You know, if there's five people that, that, that actually cast the ballot, this is the person that's going to win. It's the only choice. For the retention judges, because this is a yes or no vote to keeping that particular person on the bench, when people don't vote, the result that that has is that then these judges are getting retained if they win. They're getting retained by a smaller portion of the population than Mm. they should be. So if there's, let's say, half a million ballots cast in Cook County in November, but like 300,000 people only vote for the judges, then that judge that won that 60% of the vote, they only won 60% of 300,000, mm. not half a million. Mm. So it's, it's it, by not voting for judges, you are still taking part in that election, but okay. you're, you're creating kind of a different, um, you're making it easier for people to win or, or, uh, I say win because most of the time all of these people are elected. It's very rare that a judge loses a retention vote, but it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. The less people are engaged and the less fewer people, the fewer people that cast ballots. And Yeah. And I just think we need to talk about ballots differently. Like we don't even talk about like the the little referendum questions at at the bottom of the ballot. One of them is very important (laughs) um, around this go around in concerns of should police be called to answer like a mental health crisis um, mm-hmm. throughout the city. And, and 
you know, that's not that type of news and the question should be like given to those high schools because I feel like they will have a more, exactly. you know, charged way of looking at it. Or And you guys seem very passionate about wanting people to believe that in order to participate fully in a democracy, you have to be informed. That seems that's your that's your mission. That's your passion. Is that right? Most definitely. I, I think. Um, and this is like shown through our like our engagement efforts. Um, we have a small staff. Right. We don't even have more than eight people yet. We are uh, distributing tens of thousands of judicial guys across uh, Cook County, not just even the city of Chicago, but Cook County. And like I said, we hit public defenders offices, libraries, um, organizers were asking for some. We dropped them off at different um, organizations. Um, and this is literally in Justice Watch staff packing up judicial guides in their own cars, their own trunks and meeting up with people. And we have Amanda Miley like coordinating the logistics in terms of like um, our distribution list. But. I, I don't know. I think this this shows what newsrooms can actually like look like in the future in terms of not just being extractive to like um, populations, especially like populations that are more likely to be impacted um, by the judges. But, um, you know, people who need the news, people who need uh, who live in uh, news deserts, who are uh, information deprived and who are making who still want to be civically engaged, who still want to do the right thing and go to pull polls. But folks need to be informed. And I think that we definitely like feel that. And it is displayed through like our commitment with this guy. So. Yeah. And it's also, uh, you know, it's 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 great to be able to apply the tools of journalism um, for a, like a wider civic purpose. So, you know, as journalists, we are able to research and parse information in a way that makes it easy for people to understand and use in their everyday lives. And, you know, the, the vast majority of these judges who are going to be on your retention ballot in November are not hearing criminal cases. There's like three uh, judges on this ballot who have spent all or most of their time at the 26 in California, like main courthouse in Cook County. Um, there's a few of them that are hearing some criminal cases in the suburbs as well. But basically, most of these judges are not handling criminal cases. They're handling civil cases, everything from traffic court to, yeah, you know, housing issues, do domestic relations, child custody stuff, probate stuff. So, and most of them are pretty low profile people. Like we're never going to have, we're, we're probably never going to have a reason to write like a, an, a story to do like an article about some of these people because they're just, you know, nothing that they're doing is, is, is it's like particularly newsworthy, but right. to be able to take the kind of tools that we apply to uh, a newsworthy situation or a newsworthy person and just put all of these elected officials through that gauntlet um, is a great way to like make our work matter beyond just like, okay, what's interesting enough to like have a new story about. You are absolutely convincing me. Um, so uh, Charles used an interesting phrase. He said, newsrooms should look like this. Are you a newsroom? Most definitely. Um, that was what we do <laughs> when we're not focused on the guy. And that's uh, my as a judge's reporter. She sits in courtrooms, gets sources, does stories. Um, 
we are definitely a newsroom, but uh, we are also a nonprofit organization. And I think um, with that comes a, a certain um, responsibility, especially like to the local Cook County communities around. So um, we're definitely a newsroom. And I think there this should be a way a newsroom looks in terms of uh, trying to get folks civically informed and being very passionate about it. Um, and engaging engaging different gra- demographics on different levels. So like we have digital engagement, right? So that's like Maya doing uh, AMA on judges on, re- at, on Reddit or like going on Instagram live or something and talking to voters, right? So we, we, we do that type of work. But then I think face-to-face contact and information, like we're about to start tabling events. Uh, we having a... a uh, a party tomorrow <laughs> with uh, First Tuesdays um, with Maya and Ben Jarofsky. So like these these different types of engagement, we, we're really trying to pull people in to uh, learn more about judges. We're trying to like demystify the judicial branch and really make it like cool and sexy to know about judges. Um, and I think that's, that's what's needed now, especially like when there are so many people who are angry at systems but don't have a way to engage and don't know how I have an outlet for that anger. It's like, no, come and party with us, learn about some judges. Um, and hopefully you'll be informed to make the, make the best decision when voting. So you have this stuff on your website, the parties and the engagements and say hello to Ben. Um, but, but let me ask you one other thing that just comes to my mind because of the way you're talking about this, and really, you're expanding my understanding of what y'all do. But um, do you know the work of Alec Karakatsanis and the Copaganda Report? Take a note, Copaganda. Um, Alec uh, was one of the leading national figures doing away with cash bail uh, in the United States. But he does a very deep dive into the reporting on crime in the United States. And he takes stories from the New York Times and the Washington Post and the LA Times and he shows you, uh, you know, what's underneath those stories. And it's very much in your in your tradition of journalism. Yeah, our, our colleague, uh, Carlos Ballesteros, he actually just did um, something in that vein about the Pretrial Fairness Act and all of the misinformation that's yeah. been propagated out there about the end of cash bail in Illinois. Um, so, you know, we publish, this is, this is a product of our newsroom work. Uh, you know, we, we published a story a few weeks ago about just going through like all of these mischaracterizations and all of this political spin um, around the end of cash bail, which is something that's uh, supposed to bolster uh, equity in the courts and community safety. And if you really Look at what it, what it's actually doing. You, it's plain to see that that's 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 the that that's the way this thing works. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of uh, a lot of propaganda of various sorts uh, as, as part of the coverage of of the of the law, which will go into effect in January. And we definitely that's that's something that we also focus on. Yeah, yeah I've been I've been appalled at the, at the propaganda, but also very interested in the in the explanations of it that your folks did i think it's really important and as you see this election heating up and you see the kind of focus on crime and you see the undisguised racial nature of the the propaganda it's staggering so i think it's really important that folks like you are out there countering that or at least analyzing it 
and most definitely it feeds also into the narratives about like you know our whole check your judges campaign um when i'm out here talking to different voters and they seem reluctant to even vote at all i'm like okay have you heard of the pre-trial fairness act or what they call like what you know the propagandists are calling the purge law but it's the entry point into a conversation because people will be going before a judge and judges will be accessing like their threat level because they're no longer like you know casting bail or whatnot so it, it totally ties into like what we're doing in terms of like informing um voters and yeah getting our names out there and letting folks know that there is a resource that you can go to that is local that does research on judges um so um obviously people can go to your website and they can find out about all the great reporting that you guys do um you know i was a big fan of the piece that you guys did about aging in the shadows so that's a big shout out that i'm going to give to uh, a series that you guys did um but absolutely i hope people will will check that out um sign up for your newsletter uh, so Charles, if you could also uh, let people know how else they can find out about uh, the organization, the tabling events, the parties, all that. And then uh, since my background is in development, let's highlight again that you guys are a nonprofit organization and how people can support you because this work does not happen on its own. There are no Keebler elves whittling money for you guys. Exactly. We're hustling for money. So definitely go to the website, justicewatch.org slash donate. You can donate, donate, donate. Um, where to find us, all social media platforms. So that's uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, even YouTube, LinkedIn. We can, wherever you're, what, what, whatever platform will be responsible towards it. That's where you can also. Hmm? And the handle is Injustice Watch? The handle on Instagram, I believe, is underscore Injustice Watch, um, Injustice Watch at uh, Twitter, and Injustice Watch on Facebook. Um, definitely look at our Instagram page. It has all of our events, our planned events there. Uh, we have the event tomorrow, um, which will be Tuesday, first Tuesdays, with Maya and Ben Jaroski in Albany Park at Nighthawk. Um, and we're also tabling at UIC. <laughs> for the <laughs> for the third and the seventh um i know they're doing a lot of um work around what reproductive justice in 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 at those uh, at that event um and i believe we're also having a another ballot party at bill coffee so um definitely be on the lookout for those events please check our instagram check our facebook don't be afraid to donate um, because as Roxana just said, like we, it, it, this work doesn't pop out of thin air. Um, and it's, yeah, we, we really, we really rely on support from our, uh, from the community. A lot of our work is done off the back of small dollar donations from people who, um, read us and use a guide as a resource. So injusticewatch.org, uh, once you go on there, you can see the donate button uh, up top, uh, loud and clear, and um, you can see the link to the guide. And like Charles said, all the information about um, distribution parties that are coming up uh, in the next week. And we're open to feedback, right? We are always improving the guide. 
And so we've have all sorts of ideas, even with this guy that we could not even bring into fruition. So like some ideas are such as like having Spanish print versions of the guy, um, having making this guy more accessible to uh, Asian communities. Um, as we know, like Chicago has a pretty growing like Asian American community. So making making the more print, uh, making the guy more accessible in different languages um audio visually so please give us feedback about anything i think we had somebody email us about a typo and we corrected it so anything well uh, my feedback is i'm really honored to meet you both and really thrilled to be in conversation with you and roxana and i put our heads together we should do a joint event with these folks roxana and see if we can jump up some some more popular support because what you're doing is really important work and it's really, you know, not, not seen, it's not as visible as it ought to be. So can't thank you enough for joining us, Charles, Maya, really a pleasure and keep doing your important work. Thanks for no, having us on. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. You're, you're a legend out here. So <laughs> please, <laughs> you're, you're a legend in the making. <laughs> Y'all be well. Thanks so much. All right. We appreciate it. Our thanks to Maya and Charles from Injustice Watch. We encourage you to seek out their judicial guide when filling out your election balance. It's an invaluable resource for Chicago residents. Go check out their website, injusticewatch.org. If you are able to make a financial donation to support their guide and all of their excellent, deep investigative reporting, please do so. If you can't donate, sign up for their newsletter and share their content with others who you think may find it beneficial. For those listeners not living in Cook County, we hope that this bonus episode has served to inspire and motivate you to create a similar resource for your community. We know that elections have become a source of anxiety and confusion for so many, but working to make ways to help each other can create the change we seek. And remember, you don't have to do it all alone. There are always others in your community who may be able to work with you in the process. As our friend Mariam Kaba always says, everything that is worthwhile is done with other people. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.